Welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. As instructional coaches and school leaders, you have a challenge to guide continuous teacher growth that promotes student success. This podcast looks to support you with strategies from our experienced guests and insights that I've gathered across many years. I'm thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Start the year with reflections on your mission and vision. What actions are required? The start of a new year is a great time to guide your school team in a reflection around the school's and the district's mission and vision statements. This is especially true for new staff joining your team. Too often, these statements are viewed as a distant outcome rather than a focus on actions we need to take now. When the vision is seen as a result rather than just an opportunity, it shapes our need for actions. Reflection on your mission and vision can create a shared purpose and enthusiasm. It can create a focus on continuous improvement. It can create a way to prioritize your efforts. And it can create a culture that supports students' well-being and growth. Important, important outcomes to be focused on. Listen in to the following comments from Dr. Jason Andrews, the superintendent of Windsor Central School District in New York State. He describes both commitment and actions driven by mission and vision. Dr. Andrews was the New York State Superintendent of the Year in 2019 and he has served East Windsor Central for the past 18 years. What would you point out as some of the uh, key progress that the district has made in the uh, more recent years? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we, uh, when, we, when we look at kind of the journey uh, in, uh, that the district has been on now for some time, I started working here as a as a high school social studies teacher and coach in 1997, and and really what we were known for in those early days was boys athletics, and it was a uh, you know a, a very strong uh, athletic program. It's kind of for the more of the boys premier sports, but but that's really what we were known for. Not a lot of focus on academics, and um, and really since um, you know the when I started in January of 2006. We've really uh, tried to transform kind of the educational opportunities uh, for kids. So some of the, the, the progress that we've made uh, has been around some of those really measurable areas. You know, uh, we, we went from a 78% graduation rate uh, in uh, the early 2000s and 2005 to 95% graduation rate, four-year graduation rate. Uh, we tend to, to rank uh, at or near the top in our region on on uh, state assessments and and we used to be uh, 13th out of the 15 in, in our our region but what we've really focused a lot on beyond kind of the you know we say that's kind of the 
the proof of concept is is those those uh, you know objective measures. But when we look at a lot of the things, what we've really tried to to do is uh, focus on lots of opportunities for kids, and and uh, in particular. Uh, a, a number of we have eight pathways that that we work toward uh, with students uh, from you know engineering and computer science and trades, agriculture, education, uh, business, uh, healthcare, et cetera. That is that it's really aligned pre-K through twelve to to get kids lots of different exposure, different uh, you know about fifty eight percent of our kids live in poverty. so, the idea of uh, getting kids on college campuses as early as second grade uh, to get them out and, and visiting uh, businesses so that uh, they start to really have this idea of there being a lot of different opportunities. So we start computer science in kindergarten. We start uh, engineering in kindergarten. We start agriculture in kindergarten. We tr really try to get kids uh, exposed to lots of things and then uh, provide them with the support so that they can can have what we call a future ready plan and and so uh our high school you know pretty small high school uh you know just over 500 students in our high school we have 37 college credit bearing courses uh for them within uh, wow. a variety of those pathways so uh lots of great things uh, uh we've we've done a lot of progress of of late really on our facilities uh we've done now, uh, since 2006, about $100 million in, in upgrades to our facilities really aligned to those pathways and, and, uh, and the opportunities. So, uh, you know, a whole lot of work going on. We've, we've done a, a tremendous focus. We have a terrific team focused on mental health initiatives and, uh, you know, what, what we're doing with, with uh, social-emotional learning and, and making sure just that uh, this is a, a safe learning environment for for all students uh, and, you know, building systems where there are daily check-ins with kids, but also uh, kind of building those uh, bigger supports. So, for example, we now have uh, outside providers. Uh, we have mental health clinics in each of our five schools. And so so a lot of uh, kind of across the gamut uh, of, uh, of things that we've been working on for some time. I'm hearing painting a picture of a possible future and then providing as many supports as you possibly can for kids to be able to build towards that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, so uh, we are, uh, and, it, and actually this sort of goes back to my, my school board piece. So it took us, took me a very long time. I, I had been involved in uh, the creation of our mission statement when I was on the school board. And it was one of the single worst experiences of my life. It was this uh, 18 months of wordsmithing. And so <laughs> I really uh, said, never again are we going to be uh, working on mission. But what we've really done is tried to create this very mission-driven organization. And, and uh, we have a I think a real clarity of that shared mission and our mission statement reflective of that shared mission here is to ensure that each learner is future ready. And so that future ready uh, can take a lot of different forms. You know, we have uh, many students that go on to, to uh, very competitive four-year universities. 
We have many students that go directly to the workforce, and in either case, they need to be ready, and and that that needs to be their plan. Uh, we're not going to decide uh, what that that destiny is for them, and and what we really, when we look at you know, we focus a lot here on culture, and when and looking at the idea of a culture of success and a culture of success, you have high expectations. And we have high expectations. Uh, we have high expectations for our staff. I'll tell you, the board has very high expectations for me. Um, and we hold people accountable for that. But if you're going to have a culture of success, then you have to have high levels of support too. So for staff, for students, for families, it's high expectations and high levels of support. So, you know, you, you can't simply, you know, say, well, we, we've exposed kids to these things. And now it's really up to them. Well, it is up to them, but they're still kids. We're we're gonna we're gonna help them along and and uh, ensure their success. I I frequently struggle when I'm working with folks on uh, mission and vision statements, and they they use the phrase of providing the opportunity. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that just comes up too short in my mind. It, uh, it it's it's critical. It's you know that to me. Uh, then we get out of our core purpose. The core purpose isn't to give the opportunity. Look, I have the opportunity to work out every morning. <laughs> you know, I have access to a gym. That doesn't mean I'm doing it. Uh, and and I think that's, yeah. you know, that idea of, and, and we phrase it in, in exactly the way you said, the other way that we phrase it is, in our district, is learning optional or required? Gotcha. And, and so what we've really worked hard to do is create a system where learning is required. Yep. Yep. Um, I'd like to toss this, this uh, question out to you. If I had the opportunity to spend some time observing you in your, uh, in your leadership role, what do you think I'd, I'd likely identify as the approaches that you have to working with your district staff? Uh, great question. I guess I'd ask them, uh, you know, they'd say what a pain in the neck I am. Now, I, I think, um, I think what you would see is, is some of that high expectations, high levels of support, but, but I also, uh, I've always been a big believer in, um, you, if you want to control something, then do it. If it's, if you're, if someone is empowered to do their job. So if I want to still be the middle school principal, then I'd still be the middle school principal. If not, then, then I need to empower them to, to make decisions and, and make mistakes. And, um, that, that I should be there to, um, to support and to, to be a thought partner. And if there's something that they need a, a decision or a directive, fine. But I think what you would see is, um, and we actually just had a leadership team meeting yesterday, and we were having this conversation about uh, effective communication and and really effective listening and the distinction between hearing what someone says and, and truly listening to them and listening to understand instead of listening to reply. And and we discussed this idea of what and, and what I think you'd see, and sometimes we, this was part of the discussion, sometimes I think there can be a sense of frustration. What I often do is uh, ask them questions. 
Um, and I, in fact, I have a little reminder uh, by my phone that says uh, questions, not answers. Uh, because, you know, we have a, a really incredible team. We've, we've had some uh, more recent uh, transitions. So I've got some newer leaders uh, that don't have the same uh, type of experiences that others, but really uh, I try to empower them uh, to, to run their department or run their building and, and uh, I'm there to support them and, and to push them, uh, but largely to get out of the way. I really appreciated Dr. Andrew's description of high expectations driven by a vision of the desired future an outcome, not just an opportunity. His leadership focuses on questions rather than answers. And that's really a key, whether you're coaching individual educators, teams, as well as the whole staff, coaching their actions to move closer to that desired future picture. What questions will you be using early in the year to build reflection that drives action? Here are some I'm thinking of. Looking back, where have you seen our decisions and our practices most closely aligned with our desired future? What actions do we have that seem to not be aligned? What actions might be missing? You might use this question coaching an individual teacher. What do you want to accomplish with your students this year that you've not previously been able to reach or make a reality? And lastly, what elements in our mission and vision statement are strong motivators for the passion in your work. I hope this year gets off to a great start with actions that are driving you closer and closer to that future outcome that you desire for the students that you serve. Best wishes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Steve Barkley, or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.